Hello and welcome to the latest Science of Sport podcast. I'm your host Matt Solomon and today I'm delighted to be joined by Mona De Lacy. So Mona is a six-time karate world champion, a CrossFit Games athlete and she's also a Commonwealth Games medalist. Mona also holds a degree in sports psychology and she's currently a mum-to-be at 30 weeks pregnant. So who better today to discuss pregnancy and how you can adjust your training during that difficult time. So, without further ado, it's time to welcome Mona onto the show. So, Mona, welcome to the Science of Sport podcast. It's a pleasure to have you here. Hi, Matt. Thank you. It's really an honor to be back here um, and speaking about my new journey as not just an athlete now, but a mom-to-be. Yeah, absolutely excellent. I'm super excited to get into that. So, before we, before we do, for people who haven't listened to your first podcast with us, can you give us a quick introduction as to who you are and what you've been up to until now? Yes. Um, so, I'm... Mona DeLacy. Um, I've been an athlete almost my whole life. I started off in uh, karate, so martial arts. Um, I was a six-time karate world champion and a third-day black belt. Um, I then started Olympic weightlifting, which then became my primary sport and that I've been doing for now over 20 years, which is so crazy to think that it's been that long that I've been in the sport but um, yeah so that's been my main sport basically ever since. Um, I'm a Commonwealth Games medalist. Um, I was the first South African to medal at a world championships um, and numerous South African titles and record holders Um, and then I also competed at the CrossFit Games um, so yeah, CrossFit Games athlete, and then I'm also the owner of Helping Psychology, so I work with athletes with regard to sports psychology and mental coaching, and also I'm the um, co-owner of Lift Big, Eat Big, so I own the weightlifting side of things, and that's where I do like all of my weightlifting coaching, working with athletes from beginner level all the way to advanced, um, but yeah, in a nutshell, that's me. That's a, that's a busy, busy life. I'm not sure how you squeeze all that in, but um, maybe we should do a podcast on uh, on planning some one time. Like, uh, how do you how do you organize that? But um, you uh, like like you said, uh, we're going to discuss uh, pregnancy. So, firstly, massive congratulations. Um, yourself and James uh, are expecting a kid very soon. Yes, thank you. No, we're very excited. Excellent, and obviously, we want to uh, we want to attack this from a, a slightly sciencey perspective. So. Um, I want to look at what pregnancy does to your body, like what's uh, what's happening in that time and how you can exercise during that time. So first things first, like what, what does pregnancy do to the body? Well, um, first I do want to say that, you know, often when females do get pregnant, I think especially uh, athletes, um, there's, you know, there were two types of like stereotypes. There's like the stereotype where like, you know, you shouldn't be doing your sport and you should basically just rest because obviously you are, um, as an athlete, you push your body to the limit, um, which is not false with regards to how you push your body, um, but um, you have to create like a a better understanding and awareness of now what your body needs because obviously you've got a little um, human growing inside of you. And then also like on the other side of things, you know, like as, as an athlete, like you can still continue your training and you can, like, if you go and see, um, you know, your doctor and they would tell you like, yeah, you can still continue your training, um, especially in the first trimester as the, or the same way that you were actually training before. 
but there's no cookie cutter way of actually doing things. And I think this is something that really opened my eyes with regards to being an athlete and being pregnant um, because I had this whole plan before my pregnancy that I was going to continue my training. And especially in the first trimester, I was going to, you know, still do my weightlifting and just incorporate um, extra strength training and just trying to like stay fit and strong. Um, but then what ended up happening is like with, with hormones and things changing, um, I ended up being like really sick in my pregnancy from like early on. And I had pregnancy nausea from almost the first week of my being pregnant up until about 16 weeks. So I had to make a lot of adjustments. Um, that was probably one of the, the biggest things that I had to like wrap my mind around. Um, I'm also a person that, you know, I always make sure that I get enough nutrition in. And that was one of my, you know, my biggest fears because being nauseous all the time and being an athlete, you know how important nutrition is for your body. And it was really a struggle in the beginning to get in enough nutrition. Um, but luckily, you know, I've, I found an OBGYN um, that worked with me that said to me, you know, we must just, at the moment, it's just about surviving and, you know, they do what they can um, to make sure that, you know, baby's healthy, um, but getting in enough rest. Um, so, yeah, it's a lot of changes that's happening hormonal-wise. And then you'll get some women who, for example, um, you know, they'll get bigger really earlier on in pregnancy and they get what you call a diastasis recti. So that's basically where the abs start to separate and you can really start to feel it. Like you start to feel uncomfortable. Um, your, like I said, your abs start to separate um, and then your body also releases the hormone called uh, relaxin and that obviously around, you know, your joints and your ligaments, all of those kind of things get a lot more relaxed. And the one thing that I noticed um, was that my hips were really sore. So things like squatting, which I could do in my sleep, <laughs> just became extremely hard. Um, I had to make a lot of adjustments earlier on. Um, but like I said, for me personally, the hardest thing was just um, dealing with like the pregnancy nausea and trying to get through that, but then still trying to get um, some training in. I'm now starting to show a little bit more, like people are starting to say um, now at close to 30 weeks, like now I, I'm starting to look pregnant. Um, but like I said, from earlier on, I started to feel like my hips start to hurt because now all of a sudden your body is making space for this baby inside of you and it's preparing you for labor. So it's a very, um, like there's a lot of science involved that, you know, when it comes to when a female does get pregnant. Um, and like I said, you know, people often have this a viewpoint of if you're an athlete, you know, don't do hard training, don't push your body, but it's very individualized. And, and that is something that I had to learn like really early on because what I had planned for my pregnancy and like you said earlier, you know, I'm, I'm a planner. So I like to know what is going on. I like to plan ahead for the future, um, but not being able to do that with the pregnancy and just being okay with going in and training when my body is okay was quite a big adjustment. I can imagine, right? So you're, you're 
organized and everything goes in its little box in the right place and you know exactly when it's going to happen and all of a sudden you're like shit like doesn't feel good i can't do it i can't do the exercise that i want so when when you're going through that stage obviously there's there's a lot of stuff that you need to adjust and adapt but are there any things that you really shouldn't do so like you said it's quite specific but Obviously, there's got to be a couple of things like uh, skydiving, I don't know, like huge impacts to your belly, I don't know, like really, yes. really crazy stuff that you shouldn't do. What are the big no-nos? Well, when it came to uh, training for me being an Olympic weightlifter, one of the adjustments I made really early on was um, I stopped doing my Olympic lifts. So, for example, with the snatch and the clean and jerk, I'm a person that will, the bar will brush against my hip crease. And obviously with, you know, babysitting like right there, um, I made that decision to not, I have seen people who've adjusted their techniques, but you'll often see if it's an elite level weightlifter, they will cut it out really early just because they don't want to, you know, introduce really bad habits from, you know, from the, from your pregnancy. And then basically for nine months, um, you know, all of a sudden you change your technique And then after baby comes, and if you want to get back to your training, it's obviously going to be really hard to get back to your old technique. So I just made that decision to cut out, you know, any contact movements that, you know, hit my belly or like in my hip crease. Um, uh, Things that I've also, like I said, I avoided were things like, you know, just doing full depth squats. But you can still do that. It really is dependent on the athlete and it's dependent on how your body responds to the pregnancy um and like i said it's so important to have a doctor or someone that's working with you um even a pelvic floor specialist that can explain these things to you because i think a lot of people get so scared to do any type of movement where there's actually a lot of movements that are really safe um that you can do and like you said you know obviously you want to avoid like high impact stuff around the belly um things that i again you know stopped doing from early on were things like uh any type of uh like leg raises or core work or like sit-ups and things like that um because i could literally feel the separation in my abs and i could feel the even the weakness and they also say to avoid what they call coning so i would often ask uh James, um, you know, obviously with him being like in the strength and conditioning world and stuff like that, I would say to him, you know, if I do certain movement and I don't notice um, that my stomach is coning and that's literally where the separation happens and it almost, it's a little cone that will pop out. So obviously with with that happening, um, your core is already weak. So you don't want to actually cause more trauma to the core than what's already happening already with your abs tearing um so i would just avoid any movements that would cause that um if i did any movements like lying on my back like bench press and things like that um i would just turn myself around to get out um instead of like trying to like pull myself upwards and i still every now and again automatically i want to lift myself up like that because it's just something that i've done um but i quickly realized that my body does not want to do it. Um, And yeah, like a lot of people say, you know, avoid things like overhead presses and things like that, but you can still do it. Um, It's not unsafe. That's why I say, you know, always check with your professional, 
you know, it, it's really individualized. Um, my OBGYN gave me the go-ahead to do all of those things. Um, they did just say the reason why a lot of people say avoid overhead work is, for example, in pregnancy, you do start to feel that your heart rate increases a lot more um, and you are a lot more out of breath. So if you do become lightheaded, their fear is that the weight will drop on you. Um, but one thing that I must say is there's not a lot of research out there. So even when I saw my, my specialist, because I was diagnosed with a short cervix earlier on in my pregnancy, which means that you are at risk of having a premature baby. So we even had to make extra adjustments with that. And my doctor even said to me, he's like, I'll be honest with you, like there's not a lot of research out there with athletes doing strength training. So I, that's why I enjoy doing like things like, you know, this podcast and talking about it because I just think that um, because there's this misconception of females training, should I train, shouldn't I train, how hard should I push my body? Um, and the female body is really, I mean, it's quite strong. Like you can still continue most of your things. You'll just, as the trimesters go on, you'll just have to make adjustments because things will start to just feel more uncomfortable. And like I said, just knowing that if you're starting to feel a lot more out of breath, um, being able to rest a lot longer, and also knowing that, you know, like a normal training where there's like progressive overload, you have to kind of realize that like as time goes on, you have to basically deload. Like, you know, when you go into your second trimester or your third trimester, like you have to start going lighter and lighter and lighter and just and just being okay with that. Um, and then again, like some people say, oh, they have this like superhuman power in their second trimester. And I think, you know, both myself and my husband were waiting for that to happen with me. Um, <laughs> but unfortunately... PBs across the board. <laughs> PBs across the board and everything. And yeah, that did not happen because I was still, you know, sick with my pregnancy nausea up until almost the end of my, uh, or in the middle of my second trimester, um, which made it hard. So I just had to mentally tell myself that, you know, we are not preparing for any competitions. This is you just training to keep your body healthy, to have a healthy pregnancy and to make sure that your baby is safe at the end of the day. And next to, next to that sickness, obviously, the, the nausea, uh, what do you think were the biggest struggles that you faced throughout that time? Because it, I've, I've been hearing a lot of different ones, but like, yeah, are there, are there things that you really didn't expect, which kind of crept up on you? You're like, oh, I've got to do that. Or what, what are those struggles like outside of the, obviously the really big one that you mentioned? Um, you mean other than the nausea? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So the, the other struggle um, is, and like I said, I was very lucky to have good doctors earlier on to do a lot of testing on me and to make sure that I'm okay because um, I do have, for example, hypothyroidism. Um, so my doctor did say, you know, you do have a chance to potentially have a high risk pregnancy. Um, so when I started, I think it was around. I think it was close to like 20 weeks when I actually went and did basically what they call like the 3D scan and they make sure that, you know, your baby's heart is fine and the brain is fine and 
they're getting the blood flow the way they should and um, their limb length is the way it's supposed to be and their feet it's it's really insane with like technology nowadays with things they can pick up um, and then when they did one of my ultrasounds they picked up obviously with having a short cervix so in the beginning my doctor said to me to just you know be really super careful and just really go on feel but also to be honest it was a struggle for me as an athlete because he said to me listen to your body and just don't push as hard but if you are um, an athlete who has pushed your body like over the limits how many times in your life um, I had to really explain to him and tell him that it's hard for me to be like okay push 50% because 50% for me might not be 50% for a person who has, you know, only done light training their whole life or maybe even no training. Um, so I, I had to, again, really be aware of, like, how my body is feeling. And if I started to feel uncomfortable, um, then I had to obviously stop and adjust training, etc. But it was it was more of a stressful time for me, more than anything, because... I just knew that because I'm a person who can just go, go, go and not, you know, like I said, I can push my body like to the limits. It's something that I've done my whole life as being an athlete and now having to be super careful and making that, you know, mental decision that, you know, I have to, like, if there's something small, I can't just have that mentality of, my body's going to be fine. I can just, you know, push through it. Like I said, I have now like special cargo. Um, so that was really something that it was a big struggle other than the nausea, just making sure that from week 20 up until 28 weeks, because that's basically when I saw my specialist every week to make sure that my cervix isn't getting shorter and just making sure that, you know, we don't get uh, a premature baby um, or prematurely going to labor and it's a uh, it's really important stuff for people to hear and if you if you look at your training currently what does a training week look like for you because obviously it's brilliant that you had that huge athletic background and potentially in the future you might want to go there again but like what does yeah. it at the moment what does that look like for you okay <laughs> so at the moment it's currently on how i feel and again i have to be okay with it um in the beginning, it was, like I said, it was really hard because my both my husband and I are, you know, sport fanatics and me being, you know, an athlete preparing for international competitions. I was always used to training like six times a week. Um, and now currently at the moment I'm training, at, I, I try and set my goal for three times a week, um, but often I can only get two sessions in a week. And if I just have a day where I'm just extremely fatigued and everything is hurting from um, my hips to my my quads. Everything is just literally feeling like in pain. And then I just make that mental decision to be like, okay, I'm just going to go and take my puppy for a walk. Um, and, and it's hard because I will currently the weightlifting world championships is on. So I'll be watching it. And in my mind, I'm already thinking of, when baby is born, how will I get back to, you know, that level? Um, but I also have to understand that this is the level or this is the current path that I'm at. 
And, you know, I'm really blessed to be in this position because obviously it was a just quite a struggle for my husband and I to even um, get pregnant. We had previous miscarriages and we were just like, you know, this is a miracle. Um, this is a really special time in our lives. Um, and just like I said, have to mentally be okay with if I can only get two sessions in a week, that's okay. And very much my training has been consisting of, you know, me trying to just kind of do uh, like full body movements. I'm still incorporating squats. Um, if I have a day where my hips or my back is really fragile, I'll adjust it. Sometimes I'll just do body weight squats. Sometimes I'll do uh, like landmine squats or goblet squats uh, or box squats. So I have a general plan. Um, but like I said, if I walk into the gym and my body is just aching and it's really sore, I just have to be okay with making certain adjustments. And I just said to myself at the moment, you know, the most important thing is getting some movement in. Um, and if I can get at least two gym sessions in and do a bit of strength training with some walking in between, um, that's okay. Absolutely excellent. So, Mona, massive thanks for sharing your insights today on uh, on pregnancy and uh, how to do that in terms of being an athlete and what you might need to, to adjust. I really appreciate it. Where can people find more information about you and what you're up to? Um, so, I they can follow me on social media on Instagram. Um, I am at Powerful Pretorius. And then I, I'm also really active on my YouTube channel where I share a lot of weightlifting and mindset information um, and a lot about, you know, my journey as an athlete. Uh, and that is Mindset and Weightlifting by Mona. Um, yeah, I, I have TikTok as well. I'm not as active as uh, Instagram, but I'm Mona, Mona Weightlifter on there. And, um, yeah, and then if you want to go to my website, if you um, – Want to check out a bit more weightlifting, the weightlifting side of me? I'm at liftbigeatbig.com. And then my sports psychology uh, business and website is helpingpsychology.com. Absolutely fantastic. Moira, much thanks for having me today. It's been a pleasure and I look forward to speaking again soon. Thank you, Matt. I really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Cheers. And that's it once again. A massive thanks to Mona for all of her hard work on today's podcast. I really appreciate it and I'm sure you do at home too. Before you leave, I want to point you in the direction of the Science of Sport Coach Academy. Now, the Coach Academy is an overgrowing library of online sports science courses, which are broken down into bite-sized chunks. That means that you can fit them into your busy schedule. Every time you complete a course, you also get a certificate of completion to prove your ongoing education. So if you're interested in joining us in the Science of Sport Coach Academy, you can get a link in the show notes where you can get in there for seven days completely for free. So hit that link in the show notes in just a few seconds time. And of course, if you have enjoyed today's podcast, it'd be fantastic if you could recommend us to a coach, a colleague, an athlete, or a friend. That means that we can keep bringing the best possible guests and the best possible content. And that's it. Once again, a massive thanks from me. I'm Matt Solomon for Science Sport, and I'll speak to you next week.